1: This episode of On The Rock will give you keys to survive and succeed in the days ahead
0: by hearing and doing the words of Jesus. It is a wise and wonderful thing to learn more about Jesus Christ. And in today's program, we're going to learn that even as a toddler, he was fulfilling prophecy. Our series is entitled, The Kingly Messiah, Understanding the Gospel of Matthew, Part 1 a verse-by-verse audio commentary, which is part of our larger Understanding the Bible series. Here we are in chapter 2 of the Gospel of Matthew, verse-by-verse, and we have an intriguing story called The Flight to Egypt. And even in the flight to Egypt and the return from Egypt, Jesus Christ, as a young one, was fulfilling Bible prophecy. Now, we'll learn more about that as we go down the track. But our lesson is called The Flight to Egypt, and the reference is chapter 2 of Matthew, verses 13 to 23. And let me just read to you from the very, very first verse, verse 13. And when they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise and take the young child and his mother and flee to Egypt and be thou there until I bring thee word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. All right, so God was making provision that his anointed one was to be preserved, because there's a phrase that Jesus uses in the Gospels, my time has not yet come. Now, we believe he used that phrase to talk about his demise, his crucifixion for the sins of the world, and that Nothing was going to keep him from his appointment at Calvary or that it would happen prematurely in some other way. So so many attempts against his life, attempts when he's young, attempts during his ministry, but nobody could touch him because his time had not yet come, and clearly, as a toddler, probably two years older so Jesus' time had not yet come. He hadn't even entered into ministry, hadn't even grown up. So it's interesting to see the provision of God to preserve Jesus and his family. God does provide a refuge for the righteous. And at the same time, bearing in mind that God makes a way where there seems to be no way. So first of all, we have what is called the divine warning happening. That's from the angel to Joseph in a dream. It seems to be Joseph was more able to hear at nighttime when he was sleeping than perhaps even when he was awake. And then the Holy Family sojourned in Egypt. Not only were they given a refuge from Herod's wrath, but while in Egypt, I believe that the gifts that the wise men gave them, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, helped to sustain them. Now, possibly Joseph could have worked in Egypt while there. Possibly he didn't because he was in unfamiliar surroundings. The Bible doesn't say how long the Holy Family stayed in Egypt, but we just know this, they were there long enough for Herod's wrath to diminish. Well, basically, it had to take the death of Herod for his wrath to diminish. Now, what happens is that Herod flies into a rage, because he instructed, perhaps even commanded, that the wise men who came from the east, inquiring of him, where was the person born king of the Jews? He told these guys, come back to me, so I may worship him also. Well, they weren't interested in coming back to him, so they went home another way, particularly because they were warned by the angel as well, not to go back to Herod. When Herod believed he was mocked by the wise men, he became livid. And he then ordered the death of Herod. All the toddlers of Bethlehem, male toddlers, I believe, two years old or under, according to the time the wise men had given. And this was a fulfillment of Jeremiah 31, verse 15. Herod, his last despicable act was probably the slaughter of the innocents. Then he himself is dead, and once he dies, the angel of the Lord appears to Joseph again in a dream and tells him, it's okay now, you can leave Egypt. So Joseph and the family do precisely that. As they return to the land of Israel, using the phrase straight out of Matthew, he sees that Archelaus is ruling in his father's place and he doesn't want to go into Judea. Instead, he goes north to Nazareth and there he settles. And this also was meant to fulfill what was spoken by the prophets. He shall be called a Nazarene. Let's look at the entire passage now. From Matthew chapter 2, verses 13 to 23. Our lesson is called The Flight to Egypt. And again, the reference Matthew chapter 2, verses 13 to 23. This is the word of the Lord. And when they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeareth to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, and take the young child and his mother, and flee into Egypt, and be thou there until I bring thee word. For Herod will seek the young child. To destroy him. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night, and departed into Egypt, and was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt have I called my son. And Herod, when he saw that he was mocked of the wise men, was exceeding wroth and sent forth and slew all the children that were in Bethlehem and in all the coast thereof, from two years old and under, according to the time which he had diligently inquired of the wise men. This was fulfilled that was spoken by Jeremy the prophet, saying, In Ramah was there a voice heard, lamentation, and weeping, and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, and would not be comforted, because they were not. But when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeareth in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise, and take the young child and his mother, and go into the land of Israel. For they are dead, which thought the young child's life. And he arose, and took the young child and his mother, and came into the land of Israel. And when he had heard that Archelaus did reign in Judea in the room of his father Herod, he was afraid to go thither, Notwithstanding, being warned of God in a dream, he turned aside into the parts of Galilee, and he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophets, he shall be called a Nazarene. Our reading is from Matthew chapter 2, verses 13 to 23, and our lesson is called The Flight to Egypt. Well, this is a full-on story, and one that, of course, is troublesome in many ways, but also there is a note of hope. Very tragic what happened to those children in Bethlehem. But then again, is anything new, friends, when it comes to children, killing of children, and all the rest? I won't elaborate. No need. So, divine warning, chapter 2, 13 to 14. After the wise men departed, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, telling him to arise, take the young child and his mother, and go to Egypt. Stay put, until you receive word again. Because the reason you're going to Egypt is that Herod will seek the young child to murder him. So Joseph promptly obeyed and took his family to the land of Egypt. As I alluded to earlier, there is speculation that the three gifts of the wise men were used to sustain the holy family while they were sojourning in a foreign land. God provides. Let me tell you again and again, he takes care of his own. But we do need to focus on him, acknowledge him, thank him, especially when he provides and even when we're still waiting for the provision, thank him. And you will see that as we walk by faith and not by sight, faith, rightly directed to Jesus, passes every test and wins every prize. The prizes, that is, of course, from God. Then here we go. Herod's raid. And that's in Matthew 2, 16. Believing he had been mocked by the wise men, Herod was livid with rage. Impetuously, he ordered the execution of all male children in the Bethlehem region, two years old or younger, according to the time which he was told of the wise men. Now, does this remind you of anything else in Scripture? Didn't Pharaoh also command the death of the Hebrew baby boys in the time of Moses? Of course, these were infants, whereas here we're talking about infants all the way to two years old, toddlers. And it is called this horrible event, the slaughter of the innocents. And apparently, it was a fulfillment of prophecy. Now, Herod's paranoia was well known. He put to death his popular, beautiful wife, Maryamne, but he also put to death their two sons, Alexander And Aristobulus. He didn't like their ambition for the throne, or somehow it just was his perception that they were a little bit too eager to get their inheritance. We are told, I believe, through Josephus, the Jewish historian of the first century, that Herod married ten women. Actually, that was from Eusebius, the early church historian. By the way, you can get a lot of information from Josephus as well, lots. And yet, Despite having 10 women he was never satisfied. By implication, Jesus would have been around 2 years old at the time of the slaughter, and God providentially had him find refuge in Egypt because his time to die for the sins of the world had not yet come. Well, what do we have? Jeremiah 31:15. This was the tragic fulfillment of this prophecy by the slaughter of the innocents, it's a heart-rending prophecy of the voice in rama lamentation weeping and great mourning it is rachel weeping for her children refusing comfort because they are no more very possibly this may have been herod's last despotic act before his death we will hear this phrase in matthew again and again that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet so This is the thing. Jesus, his time hadn't come. He's in Egypt. He's very young. And they're waiting patiently until news comes again. Now, the news of the death of Herod came to the Holy Family, not by any kind of news service, but again, by the angel of the Lord. We learn that when Herod died, and we believe his death was around the year 4 BC, that the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph... In a dream, while in Egypt, remember this, that God can communicate in a variety of ways, and that does include dreams and visions. So, he tells Joseph this. The angel tells him, arise, take the young child, and not an infant, he's a young child, and his mother, and go into the land of Egypt. It is safe to return home, because those who sought the young child's life are now dead. Interesting they use this in the plural rather than the singular. Because as far as I'm concerned, Herod is the one responsible for this massacre. He's the one that will stand before God and answer for his despotic actions. And just the fact, and this is of course part of the religious mindset that is so common, not just in Asia, but throughout the world. Herod probably thought he could do a lot of things, even if they were wrong, like slaughtering the innocents. Because, well, after all, this is the man that built the God of Israel, a magnificent temple in Jerusalem. Now, as Christians, doing an act of piety, or good works, or being generous, does that save the soul? We know the answer to the question. No, it does not. Because even if we do good works, <laughs> they are more than canceled out by the bad works, and even by the evil intentions thoughts of the heart, and so on. None do good, says the prophets. No, not one. But yet Herod probably lulled himself to sleep with a false sense of eternal security by thinking, I build God a temple, so even if I've done the wrong thing, God will forgive me because he has a magnificent house to live in in Jerusalem. It's an interesting worldly argument, but it really doesn't wash. Herod will face the same judgment as everyone else, standing naked before God. If he hasn't already, one day he will stand and he will pay the price for all this. So Herod is dead. The angelic command has been given. Go back to the land of Israel. In verse 21 of Matthew 2, ever obedient, quickly compliant, Joseph returns with his family back home. But then in verse 22... Of Matthew 2, he hears some dreadful news. Oh no, Archelaus is in charge. Who is Archelaus? He's one of Herod's sons. He was an heir, along with his brothers or half-brothers, Antipas and Philip. He had rule in Israel. Now, not over the whole land, like his father, Herod the Great. He ruled over the province of Judea, Antipas over Galilee, and Philip over Golan. Unfortunately for everybody... Archelaus had none of his father's gifts, but all of his faults. His reputation was so bad and noxious that Rome banished him after 10 years of misrule, and instead of putting another Herod in charge, he just merely annexed Judea and made it a Roman province. So for this reason, the province had procurators or governors rather than Herodian kings. Joseph, must have felt the same way of Archelaus as the Romans. He was afraid to enter Judea. Now, isn't that interesting? It's like he didn't want to pay a courtesy call to Judea because of Archelaus. So God warned him in another dream to look elsewhere. So he directed his steps to Galilee and to the city called Nazareth. Joseph takes his family to Nazareth, which was also a fulfillment, of prophecy. He shall be called a Nazarene. At first, this is problematic because we can't find an explicit passage with this phrase. However, we believe we have a breakthrough from Isaiah 11, verse 1, which reads, And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. This branch, which is in capital letters, is Netzer. N-E-T-S-E-R in Hebrew, which is surmised where the name Nazareth comes from, and Nazarene. Jesus is the branch, the Netzer, from Nazareth, hence he's a Nazarene. But also remember, back to the point, in the Gospel of Luke, after Jesus' dedication and circumcision in the temple, he's extremely young, a matter of just days old. The family returns to Nazareth. So Jesus lived in Nazareth within two to three weeks of his birth. And even though the text in Matthew seems to give an implication that maybe they had been in Judea, or maybe they had been in Bethlehem at the time they were fled to Egypt, but look, there is a good case. The wise men came to Nazareth. Let's just watch and pray. Our lesson is called The Flight to Egypt. And our lesson for life is, though the forces of evil rage against the righteous, God's sovereign hand can and will keep them safe. Remember to visit us at our Facebook page, Teach All Nations Education, and thank you for liking our page. You can also go to our homepage at tan.org.au to subscribe to the free monthly Issachar Teaching e-letter. We aim to give you value-added content to make you future-ready with articles from the Bible, victorious Christian living, and current events in the light of God's Word. Let's pray. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for the lesson today of the flight to Egypt. We thank you for your care and provision over Jesus and over his family, knowing that you do the same for us. And while there's things we may not understand, we trust you with all our heart, not leaning on our understanding, acknowledging you in everything, that you will direct our path. For this we praise you,